Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into the Angry Birds movie 2 in today's statistics episode. We read the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who we are, who we are. Angry Birds. Angry Birds 2. Um, this movie. Uh, it came out, it released on Tuesday this week. I saw it yesterday. I, here's the thing. I played the Angry Birds game, the mobile game. It's fun, it's nice, it's a, it's a decent way to pass the time. Uh, they came out with a movie a few years back. And I don't remember watching it and how I felt about it exactly, but I don't know, pigs against birds, Red being kind of a entitled jerk and more things like that. Not a good movie. Uh, at the time, uh, or last I looked, which was probably three years ago, it had a 43% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, you know, it was just good enough for the kids to not sleep through, maybe. I give it a 35. It's a bad movie, but it doesn't destroy film in the same in that sense. So, Angry Birds 2 movie, which first of all the title, the, the Angry Birds movie. Why not just call it Angry Birds? Do they not have the rights to call it Angry Birds? And then they make the sequel, The Angry Birds Movie 2. Ridiculous. Why would you do that? It's a mouthful. It's complicated. When it doesn't have to be, it's supposed to be a kid's movie. Just call it Angry Birds. Just It's just Angry Birds. I, I don't get it. Or Angry Birds, colon, Eagle Island, or something. I don't know. Uh, so the Angry Birds 2 movie announced. They're making it. It comes out. We've got trailers. We've got reviews. And it's fresh. This, this thing has a 72% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. The Angry Birds movie 2 has a 72%. Uh, films that came out this year that don't have a 72% or also have a 72%. Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? The Dead Don't Die has a 54%. Way better than Angry Birds movie 2. Um, Happy Death Day to You has a 66%. It is much better. The Beach Bum. Uh, Annabelle Comes Home has a 70. It's better. What else? What else? What else? Ma. Ma. Horror movie has a 59%. It is better as well. The Lion King is better. It has a 52%. Aladdin. Aladdin. Yesterday. Velvet Buzzsaw. Five Feet Apart. The Highwaymen. All better. And all have a worse Rotten Tomato score than the Angry Birds movie 2. And now, I've heard and I can understand why some people choose to kind of move the goalposts based on the movie they're watching, based on what type of movie it is. Uh, for kids' movies, you know, the goalposts are far shorter, or far closer, and they, you know, you don't have to do so well. You just have to get over that ridge, in a sense. And I, I just think that is such utter crap. I, I really do. I, I, every 
if if you're giving a movie a grade, whether it's a letter grade, whether it's uh, a rating out of five, ten, a hundred, a thousand, a million, whatever your score is, with halves, with decimals, whatever, if you gotta grade them all on the same scale. I think you just have to. Otherwise, your scale it's it means nothing. Otherwise, it doesn't give you any sort of idea what a four-star movie is to you what a 10 an 8 out of 10 really is if if this movie that you love deeply is an 8 out of 10 that you think is amazing is an 8 out of 10 and then this other kids movie gets an 8 out of 10 just because it was entertaining enough your scale is broken your scale is defunct so i i i I get why it's done and i understand why for some reasons it is people rate things like that especially if it's in a pass fail type of a world but man it it's really frustrating uh it's really frustrating so that said uh the reviews came out they were fairly good and not that i really thought angry birds movie 2 was gonna be good but I thought, oh, you know, maybe there'll be something. Maybe there'll be some element to it that I find interesting that I think is worth existing. And so I went and saw it. It was like a noon movie. Nice little matinee. Theater was pretty empty on the Wednesday of its release week. And... Again, I really don't remember much of what happened in the first movie other than birds beat pigs, so that was the plot. Um, So, this time around, uh, and this is a a statistics episode, I'm going to get to that. I just wanted to kind of set the stage here a little bit. Angry Birds movie 2 follows, and here's my film synopsis, the birds and pigs face a new enemy. And if you've seen the trailers, I assume this character is in the trailers, Zeta, who is an eagle. She, for whatever reason, for her own personal reasons, is trying to destroy all the people living on the pig island and bird island. So, creatively named. And she lives on Eagle Island, and she is an eagle. And so the pigs and the birds have to team up and take her and her ginormous ice weapon down. That is the plot of the movie. Uh, I, it's a, it's 88 minutes long. It's just under an hour and a half. I ultimately gave this a 39, uh, which is, if you remember, a couple of points higher than the first one. Reasons being, uh, most of the female characters, including the aforementioned Zeta, the villain, I really kind of liked. I would have enjoyed seeing more of those characters in the film. But... I don't know. We had to spend enough time on Red, uh, unfortunately. Who I just not a character that I enjoy. A very selfish person or bird, I guess. Who I don't know. Just uh, just a selfish bird character. The whole the whole world is just so strange. Like the birds can't fly. They're flightless birds. It's odd. It's just, it's just odd. I don't get it. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes score 72%, like I said. Uh, this currently ranks at 89th on the year. Um, 
and 5,478th all time. It is not on the IMDb Top 250. It has a 1 on the Bechtel test. There are multiple female characters. I don't think they really ever talk to each other. Uh, I thought about it. I don't, I don't think so. It's a PG film from the MPAA. It is an adventure film ranked 681st of adventure films. <clears throat> it is animated, ranked 892nd, and it's a comedy, ranked 2126th out of those. It is the second film in the Angry Birds movie, in the Angry Birds series. It is slightly better. Uh, the to two films together are 3.02 hours, and they have an average rating of 37 between the two of them. Yes. The Angry Birds Movie 2. Directed by Thorup Van Orman. This is the only film of his that I've seen. Average rating of 39. One film rate between 25 and 49. Best film overall. Value of negative 1. Score of 12. To be ranked 2,960th overall. Tied with a huge number of people. One spot behind Mark Pellington. Who directed Nostalgia, The Last Word, and I Melt With You. One spot ahead of Rennie Harlan, who directed Die Hard 2 and Deep Blue Sea, among others. The direction in Angry Birds Movie 2 is uninspired. Uh, I think, I don't know, the film just, it reeks of conformity, of, of, it reeks of lack of dynamic imagery if that's if that makes any sense if that works as a phrase it just it's so uninspired it's so boring and bland and i don't know there's like nothing worth talking about except for the aforementioned female characters which we will get to uh writing the writing on the film um, part of that credit goes to Eyal Podel from Israel. This is the second film of his I've seen. It drops his average, or it increases his average film rating to a 35. It is his second film, right between 25 and 49, and best movie overall, coming in ahead of Cars 2. Apparently this guy only does sequels. He has a value of negative 2, a score of 15.5, to ranked 5,302nd overall. One spot behind Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan, who are a writing duo on a lot of the Saw movies, and one spot ahead of another bunch of people, including Brian Grazer, Oscar nominee for writing Splash. Uh, you also have Peter Ackerman. This is, the 30, this is the only film of his I've seen, average rating of 39, one film 25 to 49, value of negative one, it's his best film, worst film, score of 12, rank of 6,074th. Uh, behind tied with a lot of people, right behind Christopher Wilkinson, who wrote Pawn Sacrifice and Birth of the Dragon, and one spot ahead of David O'Dell, who wrote On the Dark Crystal and Supergirl. And finally, Jonathan, I think finally, finally, <clears throat> Jonathan E. Stewart, who should have also been alongside... Um, Eyal Podell, because he also wrote on Cars 2, so they have the same stats. The writing in Angry Birds Movie 2 isn't funny. Uh, there's a lot of... 
uh, what's the character's name? Uh, hold on a second. Uh, it's the yellow bird, the speedy bird, voiced by Josh Gad, whose name is Chuck. So here's the, th first of all, why is the yellow bird named Chuck when the red bird is named Red and the bomb bird is named Bomb? Chuck's sister, as we meet her in this movie, is a silver hair feathered bird named, you guessed it, Silver. Uh... I don't know. There's just the Mighty Eagle is named Mighty Eagle, though we realize he has a different name in this movie. I just I don't know. Very frustrating. There's a bird named Pinky because she's pink. Anyway, uh, almost everything surrounding Chuck in this movie was very frustrating uh, from a writing standpoint. Not only the you know tried and true brother protecting sister from the advances from like the f theoretical romantic relations between sister and his best friend uh there's multiple times where the movie sl goes into slow motion and I, this is just feels like such a missed opportunity to have chuck moving normal speed while everyone else is in slow motion i feel like they they I mean, I guess it's basically just the Quicksilver thing, but I, I think this would be, a, I don't know, could have been fun. Could have been fun. A lot you can do with that. Uh, the dynamic of, like, the pigs and the birds, uh, I don't think the pigs were ever necessary to the movie as, like, part of the Good Pete guys at any way. But it's Angry Birds, so, you know, you have to have the pigs, and I'm sure the pigs were kind of a draw maybe i don't know um i just like the jokes don't land they're flat the dialogue is poor the story is bad like it's you can hear it coming a mile away and i don't know it, it's the th it's that thing where you know a kids movie is obviously written with only kids in mind and not interested in trying to do anything else and not that there's a problem with that inherently but it, you know, just, it makes the film far less, uh, not, not only writing with kids in mind, but writing childishly with kids in mind. And it makes the film, like, it's not gonna, no one's gonna keep watching this over and over and over again. No one's gonna love this movie or want to, you know, show their kids this movie. It's just gonna exist, and it's something you spent an hour and a half at, um, once. Once. Um, so, so there's that. Uh, okay, let's move on to the actors because that is kind of the main point because there's a lot. There are a lot of people who do voices for the Angry Birds movie too. Starting with Bill Hader. This is the 48th film credit of his I've seen. It drops his average film rating to a 58.85. It's his 11th film rated between 25 and 49 and 37th best movie overall. Coming in behind the BFG and ahead of Turbo both voice roles he has a value of 9.5 a score of 66 even to be ranked 165th overall tied with ben wright one spot behind casey affleck and one spot ahead of gwyneth paltrow uh, bill Hader is the voice of leonard the big pig in the film uh bill Hader is great i love his voice acting he always 
does a great job uh, with the roles he's given, and unfortunately, his character doesn't get a lot to do. So, they kind of waste him. Uh, next up is Zach Woods. This is the 10th film credit of his I've seen. It drops his average film range by 61.8. It's his second film, rated between 25 and 49, and worst movie overall coming in behind The Heat. He has a value of 3, a score of 54.5, and is ranked 785th overall, one spot behind Udo Kier, and one spot ahead of Daryl Hannah. And uh, Zach Woods is the voice of Carl, who I don't remember. I try. I I spent. I really tried to remember who all the characters were based on their names, uh, but I'm gonna forget a handful of them as I go back through them. Uh, next up is Tony Hale. This is the 15th film credit of his I've seen. It drops his average film rating to a 54.93. It's his third film, rated between 25 and 49, and 12th best movie overall coming in behind the heat and ahead of the Angry Birds movie. He has a value of zero, a score of 48.47, and is ranked 1,409th overall, one spot behind Spencer Treat Clark, and one spot ahead of Elizabeth Moss. Tony Hale is the voice of Mime, the mime bird, whose three lines of dialogue are, oh my god, in some, in various forms. Great use of the incredible voice performance that he gave in Toy Story 4. And then here he's just a gag. Next up is Danny McBride. This is the 25th film credit of his I've seen. It drops his average film rating to a 50.96. It is his 7th film rated between 25 and 49 and 17th best movie overall. Coming in behind Last Supper and ahead of the Angry Birds movie. He has a value of negative 3.5, a score of 43.69 to be ranked 2032nd overall. One spot behind Ricky Lindholm, one spot ahead of Walt Disney, the one and only Walt Disney. Danny McBride is the voice of Bomb, the giant black bird in the film. And again, he feels like comic relief. This movie is focused on red, it is focused on Zeta, and it is focused on Silver. And I think every other character gets nothing they get nothing to do maybe mighty eagle but that's about it uh next up is aquafina this is the seventh film credit of hers i've seen it drops her average film rating to a 53.29 it is her fourth film rated between 25 and 49 and fifth best movie overall coming in behind oceans 8 and ahead of dude she has a value of negative 0.5 a score of 40.94 to be ranked 2372nd overall one spot behind Giovanni Ribisi, and one spot ahead of David Niven. Aquafina plays the voice of Courtney, who is a uh, pig in the film. She's a tiny uh, assistant pig to Leonard, Leonard's character. Uh, she was great. Um, I think it was more to do with Aquafina's voice performance than anything else, but I liked her quite a bit. I thought she did a good job. Aquafina. Wanted more of her. Wish, wish her character had been bigger. Next up is Brooklyn Prince. This is the fourth film of hers I've seen. It drops her average film rate to a 58.75. It is her only film rated between 20, 25 and 49 and worst film overall. Coming in just behind Horror Show. 
She has a value of 0.5, a score of 39.67 to be ranked 2,571st overall, one spot behind David Harbauer, and one spot ahead of Sasha Baris. Uh, Brooklyn Prince, you may know from The Florida Project, uh, is the voice of, what's her character's name? Uh, Zoe, who is one of, there's a trio of hatchlings, and the purple-pink one is Brooklyn Prince. Uh, Which, the three, those three, the movie cuts to these guys, six or seven times and it's just a waste of of screen time honestly uh they very they really could not have impacted the film less and the thing that they theoretically do that's part of the main plot is uh totally unnecessary and doesn't need to have been there so yeah there's that Next up is Sterling K. Brown. This is the eighth film of his I've seen. It drops his average format to a 49.25. It is his third film, right between 25 and 49, and sixth best movie overall, coming in behind the unauthorized Bash Brothers experience and ahead of Hotel Artemis. He has a value of negative 2.5, a score of 36.9 to be ranked 2,917th overall, one spot behind James Franco, one spot ahead of Charlie Cox. Sterling K. Brown is the voice of Gary who is an who is a pig engineer and uh with the exception of bill Hader, i really think he sounds the least like his actual voice in the cast uh so much so that you know i wouldn't have recognized him if i didn't see him in the cast list and uh you know he he is really putting on a character and i think he does a good job with it he he's voice performance is very strong Character, not so much, but voice performance, very good. Next up is Leslie Jones. This is the sixth film credit of hers I've seen. It drops her average for me to a 46.67. It's her only film rate between 25 and 49, and fifth best movie overall, coming in behind Ghostbusters and ahead of Masterminds. She has a value of negative two, a score of 33 even, and is ranked 3,409th overall. One spot behind Theresa, Teresa Randall, and one spot ahead of Evan Jones. Leslie Jones, as I mentioned, is the voice of Zeta, the main villain of the film, the antagonist, the bad guy, and I thought she did a good job. She was a good villain. Uh, I liked her voice performance. I wasn't, I haven't ever really been a fan of her actual acting, but I think as a voice performer, uh, she does a really good job, and I, she captures the the energy I think that Zeta's character needs very very well. So, yeah, Leslie Jones. Next up is Beck Bennett. This is the eighth film credit of his I've seen. It drops his average film rate to a 44 even. It's his second film rate between 25 and 49. And fifth best movie overall, coming in behind his other another animated role in the movie Sing. And just ahead of plus one. He has a value of negative 3.5, a score of 31.7 to be ranked 3,561st overall. One spot behind Casey Wilson, one spot ahead of Ivana Milosevich. Milosevich, Milosevich, Milosevich. Uh, Beck Bennett is the voice of Hank and Brad, who I think are Eagles, Guard Eagles uh, for Zeta, I think. 
Not sure about that. Next up is Maya Rudolph. This is the 38th film credit of hers I've seen. It drops her average performing to a 46.5. It's her ninth film, read between 25 and 49, and 24th best movie overall, coming in behind the unauthorized Bash Brothers experience and ahead of Turbo. She has a value of negative 14, a score of 30.18, to be ranked 3,717th overall, one spot behind Fran Drescher, and one spot ahead of Randy Couture. Randy Couture. Uh, Maya Rudolph is the voice of Matilda, who I think is one of the birds that has a very reduced role this movie that was a bigger role in the last one, but I'm not entirely certain about that. Next up is Lil Rel Howery. This is the fifth film credit of his I've seen. It drops his average performing to a 44.4. It's his second film, rated between 25 and 49, and third best movie overall, coming in behind Tag and ahead of Bird Box. Has a value of negative 2, a score of 29.71, to be ranked 3,765th overall. One spot behind Paul Walker, and one spot ahead of Rinko Kikuchi. Uh, Lil Ral Howery is the voice of Alex, who, again, I don't have any idea who Alex was. Next is Peter Dinklage, Tyrion Lannister himself. This is the 25th film credit of his I've seen. It drops his average film rating to a 44.64. It is his 7th film, rated between 25 and 49, and 14th best movie overall, coming in behind Ice Age, colon, Continental Drift, and ahead of I Think We're Alone Now. He has a value of negative 12, a score of 29.33, to be ranked 3,802nd overall. One spot behind Danny Trejo and one spot ahead of Katie Seagal. Peter Dinklage reprising his role as Mighty Eagle, whose real name we actually learn in this movie. Um, I don't know. I, I, I like the casting choice. I think Dinklage's voice is good for this eagle who you know, paraded around as courageous and mighty and strong and is actually, you know, cowardly and weak. Uh, but, I don't know. Maybe it's more the character. Dinklage is good. Dinklage's, Dinklage's, Dinklage's voice is fine. But I, I just, I really don't care much for this character and definitely not how they wrote him in this movie. Rachel Bloom is next. The star of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, a show I quite enjoy. This is the fifth film credit of hers I've seen. It drops her average performing to a 43.2. It's her second film, rated between 25 and 49, and fourth best movie overall, coming in behind another animated role she had in Batman vs. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from this year, and just ahead of Changeland. She has a value of negative 4, a score of 26.86, to be ranked 4,017th overall. One spot behind... Diobia Opare, Opari, Opari, who was in Dumbo and Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides and Moulin Rouge, apparently. Uh, and she's just ahead of Akihiku, Akihiko Hirata, uh, who's been in a bunch of Godzilla movies. A bunch of them. Uh, Rachel Bloom is the voice of Silver, who I loved. I thought Silver was a great addition to this movie. Great cast. Wish the movie was only about her. I do not like 
her relationship with Red. I do not like her relationship with Chuck. But, man, if this movie had been, like, Silver and Courtney, Rachel Bloom and Aquafina's characters, as, like, a duo doing, saving the world, being awesome, ah, that would have been so much fun. Much, so much more fun. Next up is Jason Sudeikis. This is the 23rd film credit of his I've seen. It drops his average film rating to a 42.43. It's his 7th film rated between 25 and 49 and 13th best movie overall. Coming in behind Horrible Bosses 2 and ahead of We're the Millers. He has a value of negative 15, a score of 24.04 to be ranked 4,253rd overall. One spot behind Henry Cavill, one spot ahead of Eddie Redmayne. Sudeikis as the voice of Red... I mean, his his voice performance is fine. I, I think the character of Red is pretty easy to uh, to capture. I don't think the movie gives him enough vulnerability to make you sympathize with him, and and Sudeikis is not helping in that on that in that regard. Uh, so I don't know. You end up with this really unlikable main character who despite the movie's best efforts, doesn't feel redeemed at the end. Meh. Meh. Next up is Pete Davidson. This is the fifth film credit of his I've seen. It increases his average film rating to a 35 even. It's his first film rated between 25 and 49 and third best movie overall, coming in behind Set It Up and ahead of What Men Want. He has a value of negative 5, a score of 20, and is ranked 4,513th overall. One spot behind Tom Arnold, and one spot ahead of Carolyn Herforth. 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 She was in The Reader. Uh, Pete Davidson is the voice of Jerry. Jerry. Uh, Is Jerry, I think... uh, Who is Jerry? I remember hearing Jerry's name in the movie but I do not remember what Jerry was I do not remember next is Eugenio Derbez this is the ninth film credit of his I've seen it increases his average film rating to a 30.56 it's his third film rated between 25 and 49 and third best movie overall coming in behind Dora and the Lost City of Gold and ahead of How to Be a Latin Lover he has a value of negative 10 a score of 15 even to be ranked 4,706th overall, one spot behind Carice Van Houten, and one spot ahead of Sean Roberts. Eugenio Derbez is the voice of Glenn, who I think is the replacement uh, engineer for Zeta. He works with Zeta. He's a... I think he's an, an eagle. I think so. Now I'm, now I'm doubting myself. Pretty sure he's an eagle, though. Next is Tiffany Haddish. This is the 12th film credit of hers I've seen. It drops or increases her average film rating to a 32 even. It's her second film rate between 25 and 49 and fifth best movie overall. Coming in behind Horror Show and ahead of Girls Trip. She has a value of negative 13, a score of 14.43 to be ranked 4,728th overall. One spot behind Key Luke and one spot ahead of Dominic Purcell. She is the voice of Debbie, who plays Zeta's daughter in the film. 
thought she was just her assistant uh, at first. I don't know if they mentioned it early on or not, but she is Zeta's daughter. Uh, which, I mean, on hind- in hindsight, I think, you know, you can see that she kind of dotes on Debbie and so on. Uh, again, like, Tiffany Haddish is kind of a big name. I don't know how long the Angry Birds movie has been in production, but they don't give her a lot to do. Next is Nicki Minaj. This is the fourth film credit of hers I've seen. It increases her average film rating to, like, 26 even. It is her second film rated between 25 and 49 and second best movie overall coming in behind ice age colon continental drift and ahead of the other woman she has a value of negative six a score of 11.33 to be ranked 4817th overall one spot behind douglas smith and one spot ahead of sheree oteri sherry oteri sheree oteri uh some combination of those pronunciations and uh, Nicki Minaj is the voice of Pinky, the aforementioned Pinky, who I think is the the bird that runs the speed dating thing, I want to say. <sighs> what a movie. Next is Josh Gad. This is the 22nd film of his I've seen. It increases his average film rating to a 33.64. It's his 11th film rated between 25 and 49, an 8th best movie overall, coming in behind Ice Age, colon, Continental Drift, and ahead of 21. He has a value of negative 22.5, a score of 8.33 to be ranked 4,883rd overall, one spot behind Brenda Lowe, and one spot ahead of Ashley Olsen. Josh Gad is the voice of Chuck, whose character I really don't like. He's super protective of his sister. He's, I don't know, just very strange. Just just a very strange individual. And uh, I just don't, don't like Chuck. I don't like that he's named Chuck. Uh, again, I wish they could have, I don't know, I feel like they had missed an opportunity to, to give him normal motion during slow motion. That is it. Josh Gad is the last name on the list. Let's move on to that to some other stuff. No Oscar nominations. I guess it could get in for best animated feature, but I would be very disappointed. No Circle of Film Award nominations. Don't see that happening. Um dun 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 dun. For the year. So one of the 164 films that I've seen this year, one of, or one of the 164 2019 films that I've seen so far, one of the 867 films I've seen this year, lowers the average rating of 2019 films to 40.46, increases their tomato meter to 61.31. It is the 30th adventure, 19th animated, and 58th comedy that I've seen this year, lowers the good to bad film ratio to 38 to 100. Uh, for a ratio of 0.38. It is the 100th bad film of the year, so it is rated just below, as the 100th film that I've rated below a 50 that's come out in 2019. It has a 1 on the Bechdel test, part of the 24.39% of films that have that score. And it is PG, one of the 20, the 23rd film from this year to be rated PG. Finally, with 39, it is one of the 84 films that I have given a 39 on my spreadsheet. Some of those include, also from this year, Cold Pursuit, and as you go back, Rampage, uh, Tomb Raider, Power Rangers, Justice League, 
Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. The Hollers, Kate Plays Christine, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Uh, skipping further and further, The Ant Bully. Mm, California with a K. Hackers. Deconstructing Harry, Mighty Joe Young, The Sixth, Land Before Time movie. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Lady and the Lamp. Marathon Man. 1953's War of the Worlds, 1950's Annie Get Your Gun, and 1897's Pillow Fight. Bunch of films, uh, most of them not enjoyable. Like this one, Angry Birds. Not a good movie. Uh, don't, don't, don't see it. Don't take anyone to go see it. I just, I don't know. Despite the fact that it's a small improvement over the original, it's really just not worth the time. On the other hand, there's a short film that plays before the Angry Birds movie 2 called Hair Love, which I think was quite, quite, quite good. So I don't think there's a way to see that without going to see the movie right now. But I would keep your eyes out on looking for that if, uh, I don't know, if you like short films. Hair Love, worth it. Not worth the whole movie ticket, but worth seeing. That's going to be it for today's episode. Thank you for listening, as always. Uh, if you'd like to find, follow me or get in touch with me or write into the show, you can find me on Twitter at Circle of Film. You can email circleoffilm at gmail.com. You can find me on Letterboxd at Circle of Film. Uh, or go to the website, circleoffilm.com, which has all the other, all that information, plus all the episodes I've released, plus top 10 lists, Circle of Film Awards, and... Uh, things like that. If you would like to support the show, like it, rate it, review it, subscribe to it, or go to patreon.com slash circle of film, you can become a patron for as little as eight cents an episode. And uh, that gives you early access to all the episodes that I record early. Uh, Thank you once again for listening. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. I know she'll Even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be to say adieu. Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever, only out of place. So long, farewell, oh, what I'll be to say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.